Footy Panel shows would not be possible without the support of the following sponsors. The big picture people, the experts in smart home cinema. Yamaha, professional commercial audio. Bar Bridges Australia, cooling the beers of a nation. The Stubby Club, the original Stubby Holder Dispenser. Hamperwell, the gift specialist. Buffalo Sports, a brand name in sports since 1972. The Framing Queen, quality affordable framing. Broker Rocher, helping you make an impression. That's not bad, that's not bad, I like that. Uh, welcome along to the Italian Sports Club in Werribee, welcome along to That's Good Footy and welcome along to the Western Bulldogs Night. I want to get on with this show because I'm running a little bit over time and I've kept those boys out there, but I want to get in because we've got a lot to talk about. It's Western Bulldogs Show, August the 23rd, 2023. Please welcome to the show. Our first panellist, he was born on the 15th of January in 2001. He's played a total of 58 games and he's kicked a total of 97 goals. He made his AFL debut back in 2020. When he plays for the Western Bulldogs Football Club, he wears the number three on his back. Could you please welcome to the stage, Cody Waitman. Just so he's like he's left his surfboard, you know, on the, in the car and skated up to the entrance, and he goes, "Here I am, everyone. That's cool, mate. You look fantastic. I love it when you come onto the show. Um, how are you feeling? How's everything going in your life at the moment? Yeah, today was good. I had a day off, so um, I've just cruised all day and then yeah. ready for this. Beautiful. That's what we like to hear, mate. Settle into it because I want you to have some fun tonight. We're, we're going to get stuck in. We want to bring our second panellist out here, so, you know, safety in numbers kind of thing. Uh, let's get him out here. Our second panellist, he was born on the 9th of February in 1993. He's played a total of 159 games and he's kicked a total of 164 goals. He made his AFL debut back in 2014. When he plays for the Western Bulldogs Football Club, he wears a number seven on his back. Could you please welcome to the stage, Rory Lobb. <laughs> of all of you um, to welcome him. You know, first time on the show, um, he's not a fill-in, all right? He came highly recommended, highly regarded. He, he's here in presence, in in, in person. Um, I was worried when you were coming through. I thought he's going to, like, just take a couple of ceiling tiles out. I just want to do this. We, I don't often do this, but I just want us all to stand up. We're going to stand up. I just want to show you how tall this man is. Right. <laughs> huh? Perfect, eh? There you go. All right. We're off to a flashing start. Um, that's brilliant, boys. Thank you very much. Uh, I want to get stuck in uh, to the questions that I want to go through because we've got a lot to talk about, uh, and I want to do that in our first little segment. So I'll get stuck in. It's called Past, Present and Future. I know it's tough to come out here and do a show like this after the weekend's result and subsequent fallout from the fans. If there is one upside or a lesson from it all is that you, uh, I've watched this, i watched Colton fans do the same thing in round six through to 13, and now look at them, all right? So 
there's an upside. Uh, but let's talk about it because these shows just allow the fans to get a little insight and understanding from the player's perspective. You're sitting ninth on the ladder, 11 wins, 11 losses, with a percentage of 107.6. You've lost some close ones, in fact, five by seven points or under. Now, don't shoot the messenger here, but this has been the Bulldogs' from form in 2023. You uh, have beat three teams currently ranked above you in the Lions, GWS and the Blues, who at the time, due to injuries, were missing some of their key personnel. That's not a negative on the win, that's just off the outcome. Out of your 11 wins, nine of those wins were against teams outside the top 10. You're beating teams below you, not teams above you. What do you attribute that to? I just got grilled. Um, um, sorry, Dad. Uh, no, we'd like to be beating, obviously, the teams above us. Um, but I don't know. I don't know why we're not winning them. Otherwise, we'd be beating them. Yeah. But I just find it a really interesting question to, to look at the wins that you've had and then you look at the teams that you've played and I'd like to know what the difference is between why you're not beating the teams above you but you are beating the teams below you. Why doesn't that, that mantra or that thought process or that carry on into the teams that are above you on the ladder? Well, to be honest, I feel like we haven't really played our footy uh, all year. You know, we had a really good pre-season. Yeah. We were flying around offensively and we sort of haven't really played the way that we felt we were going to play. Um, obviously, really disappointing for us and the fans. But, um, yeah, I mean, we've got the list that can do it. We've got the list that can be top four. Um, we just haven't really played to our potential, um, which hopefully we can go down to the Cattery this week. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think it's been 20 years since the boys have beaten them down yeah. there. Yeah. I mean, I beat them down there last year when I was at Freer's. So hopefully yeah. we uh, carry that through and Good. Win, win on the weekend. Nice. I like it. Everything that you've just mentioned, I'm actually going to go over and I'm going to be talking about that as we go. The dogs in certain games this year have got off to a flyer. You've had some awesome starts but then you get reeled in by the opposition. Is this what the coach was suggesting when he said he was nervous about going into the weekend's game against, against West Coast? I don't know whether you, you probably you wouldn't have heard what um, his interview was, but he, he spoke on the boundary line. I'm going to go into it because I think it's probably important I talk about that before asking your opinion. The game plan or brand this year has seen some structural changes and some personnel positional changes or experiments, if you like with players playing different roles and it seems some players are playing out of their comfort zone. Is that an accurate assessment and what's your take on that? Yeah, I mean, a head coach, he's usually got a pretty good grip on um, the energies, the vibes and how, how everything feels. So um, I think it's, it's probably a fair take. Um, but then at the same time, I think any time you play a team below you, there's always a risk associated with that and you always feel like a little bit that you're getting hunted rather than hunting the opposition. So... I think that's probably what he's referring to in that statement um, without having heard it or how, how, yep. he, how he sort of um, he provided it. Um, but, yeah, I think, I think there's probably always that little edge when you're playing a team, particularly a team like West Coast that have had struggled this year at times. Um, there's always that um, you've got everything to lose sort of men mentality. OK. Uh, this is an observation. Um, good opposition have found a way to shut you down and stop you from scoring. You've kicked over 100 points only four times this year. Twice against Frio, once against North and once against, against Richmond. Your thoughts on that? Uh, we're forwards, we want to score more. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, I mean, you want to play a front half game, and I feel like at times we have struggled to keep the ball in our front half. Um, you know, whether that is part of the ball movement or you know pre- maybe the forwards not putting enough pressure on while it's coming out. Um, yeah, you obviously want to kick a lot of goals, and the, you know the modern day game now is obviously a front half game. Yeah. So being able to move the ball to a, to a degree where we can actually defend it on the way back out. I mean, it's a mix of both, I think. It is. And again, I'm about to brush over that. We know footy is one of defensive pressure, especially with the way the game is being played nowadays. It's all about intercept marking and turnover. Get it from the D50 to the O50 and not allowing your opponent to score. It sounds pretty simple when you talk footy like that, doesn't it? Um, This is something the Doggies will need to improve on if you're to progress any further into the finals. And the big test comes this weekend. A good thing from the Doggies is that the D50 is good enough to withstand opposition's forward pressure, which means they they may score, but they are not scoring heavily against you, but they are doing just enough to beat you by the narrowest of margins. Liberatore, uh, when he is out, is a huge loss. He is really your engine room and gets you going, and when he's not, a lot of that load falls onto Trelaw and Bontempelli, who on the weekend both chalked up 32 disposals each, but it still wasn't enough to get you across the line. If you're winning out of the centre... What's going on? And you just said then. Is it, is it cohesion? Is it structure? Is it game plan? If you're winning the ball and you're getting it out of the centre, where's the breakdown? Yeah, I'm not sure what the stats were on the weekend. I feel like we didn't have a hell of a lot of inside 50s, mm. um, especially in that first half when West Coast was sort of beating us out of the middle. Um, you're actually level pegging. Pretty level pegging. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously we want to make sure we're trying to get repeat entries, like I said. Yeah. Um, if we are winning it out of the centre, being able to keep it and have repeat entries, because we do defend really well. We've got Liam Jones and, you know, uh, Alex Keith, those boys sort of hit, sitting behind the ball and Ed Richards been able to intercept the way he has at his mm. height. has been really good this year and if we could get them intercepting the ball a little bit higher rather than in our D50, which we are defending quite well, you know, we might have opportunities to score a little bit easier. I understand. At the start of the season, your forward line was stacked with three tools in Lobb, Hagen, and Norton. Things look promising on paper, but that was going to take time to gel. Leading patterns, adjustments and playing to style and so forth. Um, what, are, what we are now seeing, though, is a bit more cohesion in the forward line, basically in the structure. Rory, you were tending to play a little bit more up the field and then moving forward to offer more options, but also up f- up in the forward line, giving both Norts and JUH the chance to either lead and mark or bring uh, the ball to ground, uh, allowing your small crummers into the play. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, I mean, I, I have another year that uh, I sort of anticipated. I mean, it's quite hard coming into a club and, um, you know, having that connection straight away, um, especially as a forward line group, you know, understanding everyone's leading patterns and being able to work together to create space. Um, yeah, the start of my year obviously wasn't great, but I feel like last month has been pretty good since I obviously got yeah. dropped for the first time in eight years, which was uh, wow. which was good. <laughs> it's a kick in the bum. Yeah, one. I mean, it, it sort of just kicked me into gear to just sort of reset, go back to my basics and really, you know, thrive on the contest a little bit more and being able to, you know, provide that contest, bring smalls into the game and, and then, you know, whatever happens after that, whether I kick goals or not, you know, it's good. For sure. So um, going back to the point that I made in, in relation to having three tools at the start of the season, did you find yourself, and when you spoke with maybe Jamara and you spoke with Aaron about it, that, that, that there was just, we want to work on our leading patterns? We haven't played together before? We've we got to, like, we got to... We've got to get cohesion going here. It was, did you find it was a little bit difficult on, on paper but also on the field that your role has now changed and made you be that person that comes up the field a little bit more? 
Yeah, I mean, when I was at Freer last year, I did play out of the square, um, being the deepest forward most of the time. Um, coming here, I was happy, I'm happy to play a role um, and do whatever it takes to sure. win and be that player that you know is able to go up the ground and, and get back and, and provide a contest. And you know, whether I'm playing deep forward or playing high and helping out defensively and trying to get you know exit kicks out of the D50, you know, I don't really mind. Um, you know, Jamar hadn't played a lot of footy with Naughty either, so we're just all sort of trying to work it out. I mean. You know, we've all got different elements in our game which, you know, make us unique yeah. and it's just been able to, you know, play good footy as a group. For sure. That's why I alluded to that point of uh, obviously gelling with each other and working out the leading patterns, working out how, how they think and, and all those processes. Let's get out of the negative there. Um, congratulations on kicking your first bag of three on the weekend. Um, how'd that feel? Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um... <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, it took me a while to kick three this year. Um, yeah, I haven't been overly, overly accurate. A little yeah. bit of, you know, um, down on myself through the year. I mean, okay. I feel like I am an accurate set shot. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's just when you, you're not having the opportunities that you usually have, you sort yeah. of put a little bit more price on the, the set shot and it sort of gets in your mind a little bit. So, yeah. you know, now I've sort of said it, I feel like I'm, I'm definitely striking my set shots a lot better. And, yeah, it was good to kick three on the weekend, but it would have been... Great if we got the win. Got the win so, as yeah. well. Uh, you know, when, when we kick three and you lose, you suck off. It's just yeah. not, it's yeah. not even worth it. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you, mate. Um, speaking of form, though, uh, Tim English has been in All-Australian form this year, but the consistency within the playing group across the board has just been lacking. Um, and as with most clubs, injuries came and form fell away. Was this form slump due to key personnel either not being on the park or not playing to their strengths? What's your take on that, Cody? <laughs> Um, I should have listened more. Um, yeah, I think there was there definitely times, I think when, when Jonesy went out, we noticed a bit of a yeah. void that he left, um, particularly for a, a fairly long period of time there. Mm. Um, and I think all clubs go through that. Yeah. I think there's, there's going to be key players and it's more or less about how well you can and damage control that over a period. And yeah. then when you get them back, you get the big top up and that, that can sort of launch you into finals. So mm. I think timing's a big part of it. Um, and at times we probably felt we were a little bit weakened uh, against oppositions that might have been a bit healthier than us. Um, yeah. But that doesn't doesn't sort of provide an excuse for not being able to win these games by mm. under <clears throat> seven points or whatever it is. So, um, yeah, it hurts, but not the, not the thing to blame, I don't think. Clubs at this time of the year, if they have all their key personnel on the park, they uh, tend to be playing with cohesion, freedom and trust. The Bulldogs have all the makings of being one of those clubs. Good bookends in Norton and Eugle Hagen up forward with Jones down back. Put Libba back in the centre with Bont and Trelaw. Get good runoff half-back with Richards, Dale and JJ. Linking up with Baker, McRae and Smith. It's all there. Um, so, again, my question is, why is it not gelling? Is it cohesion? Is it consistency? Is it personnel? Is it form? Because of all those names that I just mentioned, that's tick, tick, tick. That's like everyone's there. I'm curious. What's your insight into that? You've got small forward. Okay. I, I had mentioned it before, but I'm glad you brought it up again. Um, and and th those crummers, they're bloody good. All right? Thank you. They're good. Don't worry about that. No, we, we do. You're right. We talked about it even on the way in here, me and Lobby, that the team we have is, on paper, very impressive. So, yeah. Um, we're obviously searching for more. Um, we don't feel like we're achieving what we can be right now. Um, but that's not to say that we can't and, and things no. can't turn quickly. So... Um, we, there's no reason we can't go on and win it and they'll probably make a Netflix movie out of it. How good would that be? Yeah. 
right back to 2016, I mean, the same thing happened. You came from ninth at that time and you won the bloody flag. I'm just curious because I'm sure, not just from my point of view, I don't barrack for the Western Bulldogs, I barrack for football and everyone thinks I'm an idiot, right? But I do, I barrack for football um, because I like to see success in anybody that, that's at their highest profession. So... I'm right into that, and I've been watching the Western Bulldogs, and I was, to be honest with you, I was just a bit frustrated watching it on the weekend because I wanted to see you guys win. Your scoring differential in, in relation to... You had actually the same when we spoke about it before with the inside 50s, but you scored more, but your inaccuracy was the, was the thing that actually let you down. And that's been sort of the mantra going through the, the season, and that's why I'm, I'm curious. What, what needs to happen to fix that? Is it a form thing? Is it in a... Is it a conversion thing? I'm, I'm really curious. What do you have to say? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm Who actually I'm, take I'm this fascinated by, by goal kicking. I, I think there's a... I looked at a, certainly in the middle of the year at a table where it was the ladder compared to the goal kicking accuracy and it was had striking parallels. Um, and I think it's a big part of the game. And a lot of it's contagious. I think you start the year early and a few shots go through and you sort of build on that and before you know it, you've kicked well for the year and, and vice versa. So um, this ha this goes back to last year. Our first three rounds, we had more scoring shots in the opposition and, and we lost those games. Mm. So um, it's something that we've had for a little while and it's a, it's a confidence thing and yep. um, it's probably the one part of the game, the reason I'm fascinated by it is because it hasn't improved at all probably mm. in my lifetime, really. Yeah. The percentage of what Tony Lockett was kicking at compared to Aaron Norton or whoever and, yep. and the modern-day full forwards. It's not really getting better, yep. um, whereas every other part of our game is and, and increasing at a fast rate. So yep. there's got to be something, and I think the team that figures out how to do it first will will win many a premierships and, yep. and have a lot of success off it. So yep. it's, a, it's a bit of a race to figure out how to kick at 70 80% or whatever that number yeah. is, um, even a, a small shift of 5% more accurate in the season yeah. is enough to win those seven-point games and and suddenly we're top four. It's always been said that football is, you know, 90% above the shoulders. If you're not on and you go out and you don't get your first one, you hear all the commentators say it, you know, like if Max King misses this one, oh, he's going to have a bad day today. It doesn't matter who the forward is, it doesn't matter from what club. Is that a fair assessment, do you think, though, that footy is 90% above the head? If it, if, the, if it gets inside your head and he goes, hey, I'm not helping you today, um, it doesn't go in your favour. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I think the, the mental side of our game is enormous. Mm. Um, and there's when you're playing juniors and, and getting older, there's just not the same pressures that you have when you yep. do make it into the big league. And there's, there's fans, which we absolutely love, but... Um, and there's more criticism, all of this, and, and elements that you can't really practice and you can't really get scouted for being good at. So mm. it's a bit of a test. You get dropped in when you when you make it and see how you go sort of thing. But mm. um, that's probably the exciting part about where our game is now is, is psychologists and stuff are getting involved with no stigma around them. And um, they're a big part of why the game's growing the way it is and the players are starting to become more consistent and stuff. And, and there's no doubt that... Um, a psychologist and, and sports psychs and stuff will be involved in more accurate goal kicking in the future, I think. Yeah. Um, I alluded to off the top about Bevo on the boundary line. I'm going to go through, this is not verbatim, this is just roughly what was going on. I found it interesting that the coach had said prior to the game that he was anxious and wary about getting off to a good start. He mentioned that he wanted to see a full four-quarter effort sustain and maintain the pressure and also the work rate. So how much of this was spoken about leading into the game and what was the message at quarter time? 
trying, I'm trying to remember. Um, yeah. This is something. This was an interview. Yeah, I know that, I know did, that, that was impressive. I mean, I don't, I don't look at the media too much. I sort of stick yeah. away from that. Yeah, um, I understand. You know, over the years, I've copped a lot of scripts. So <laughs> yeah. I, I like to not, not look at the headlines. Um, yeah. I, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, we obviously, we've been searching for that four-quarter effort for mm. pretty much the whole year. You yeah. know, we get off to hot starts and then teams come back mm. and, you know, we're, we find it hard to stem the flow of goals at times. Yep. And, you know, him saying that is probably just off on reflection of the year that we've had where yeah. we haven't been able to play a four-quarter game. And, you know, that's what everyone wants to play when then you, you're not having a stressful last quarter and you can just mm. make sure that you're playing the way you want to play and, yep. you know, build into the next week instead yep. of, you know, stressing about losing to teams which we shouldn't be. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, he mentioned, um, well, he went on to say that he'd like to see a, a particular style and brand of football, which at the moment he doesn't think you are playing. Uh, I was going to ask you what your thoughts are on it, but you've, you've obviously touched on that, and I don't want to keep sounding like your dad here. So um, it was noted in the commentary that the dogs are ranked 14th in clearances with some vulnerability down back. I think that was more around opposition uh, isolating Liam Jones in a one-on-one -on -one, uh, contest. Uh, and that the dog's scoring efficiency and conversion rate up forward required some focus. Now, we've just spoken about those things because you're winning centre clearances. You've got all the personnel on the park. You've got great forwards up in your forward line, but the conversion's just not there. That's primarily what's going on. When you look at... The, I mean, the stats don't lie. When you see the amount of goals and the amount of points that are being kicked, that's your end result. Um, now, this is not verbatim, but it was along those lines. Your thoughts on that analysis, though? I've just mentioned it. You've got the personnel on the park. You've got everything that ticks all the boxes. You're winning the centre clearances. You've got the forward line structure. You've got a great defence... But the, the score is just not coming. Is that how much of the focus of, of that is around training? Um, yeah, I think one thing we can all agree on is we've all got a headache at the moment. Mm. Um, you spelled it out pretty clear there that yep. there's some some good indicators, but ultimately not the results. So um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know exactly the the way we fix that right now, but that's what we're we're searching and we're digging and we're training hard to do. Yeah. Um, so that's that's one thing we'll never stop doing. And. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a it's a tricky thing, footy, and you're in the in the heat of the moment, and you're trying to work things out. Um, but right now, we we haven't been able to find the answer. And, yeah. Um, hopefully, that that comes pretty soon. It's going to come this weekend um, because the dogs are going in backs against the wall, and that's when you guys come out fighting. That's the that's the bulldog spirit. Um, so you're going to go down to Geelong, Alphabet Stadium, whatever you want to call it, um, and you're going to give them a run for their money. There's no two ways about that. I wanted to just touch on this. Bevo said if we get off to the right start, gain momentum and, and be consistent enough to go on with it, uh, then we'll be a better team. Tell us without going into too much detail, what were the message at each of the breaks? Quarter time, half time, three quarter time. Was it a different message or was it the same consistent message? Jeez. <laughs> Um, and who was oh, listening? I mean, I mean, as forwards, um, you know, the start the West Coast had. I mean, we come in at um, every break and talk as a line group. Yes. Um, and as forwards, it was sort of we just needed to make sure we we're compressing and trying to get up the ground. Um, considering we did lose a fair few centre clearances early, mm -hmm. um, you know, trying to come together to make sure that we're we're still staying connected and not just sitting inside our forward fifty when the yeah. ball's going the other way. Yep. That was sort of the messaging around the forwards and what we were doing. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, I think just the, the general chat about, like, you know, 
we need to get back the physicality in the contest yeah. and, you know, get the ball going our way. I mean, West Coast came out firing and, you know, we sort of just were on the back foot from the start. Yeah. And I allude to that now. Um, to the Eagles' credit, credit, they brought a real intensity to the game and to the contest. Positives from the game, Rory Lobb kicked three. <laughs> um, Trelaw and Bontempelli with 32 disposals each, as I said. What I really liked, O'Donnell um, was good with 14 disposals, but five of those um, were intercept marks. That's brilliant, all right? Um, and I also like the runoff half-back and, and what he provides. Um, young uh, Teddy Richards, uh, the, he just had a brilliant game, Richards. It was, he was fabulous. 23 disposals. Um, he brings a lot um, to that structure that you've got. Um, uh, Baker as well. Um, I love, love, love the kind of game that he's uh, being able to bring as well. I don't want to harp on it anymore, though, because I've got, kind of gone through what I think are the negatives and I don't want to embarrass you with them, but I do want to talk about them and the fans want to hear what, you're, what your insight or, or what your perspective is on it. So I want to move aside from that now and you guys can just take a nice little you know, break. <laughs> All right? Yeah, OK. Uh, but let's talk about your next game. It's a big one. The Cats on their home deck with nothing to lose but pride. They've missed the finals, uh, finishing at this stage in 11th. It's on Saturday night, Geelong versus Western Bulldogs, 7.25pm, uh, the 26th of August at Alphabet Stadium. News coming out of the Cattery is that they have put uh, the queue in the rack for uh, um, a few of their injury-riddled stars. Out of the side, Cameron, Close, Hawkins, Henry, Radigalia, Rowan, Stanley and Blixars. Wow. wow. That's a, that's, a, that's a fair whack. Um, that's huge. Doggies uh, won't want to go in too complacent, but with the amount of outs, it's probably your best chance of walking away with the four points. Tell me, from what I've just said, what sort of a game are you expecting down there? And how much fire is the Western Bulldogs playing group going to bring to the intensity of that game? Well, I think the drive of beating the Cats uh, down there, the boys haven't done in a long time and, you know, not being able to beat them in a little while as well. That's one motivation. In general, yep. that's, that's the motivation around the group. I mean, yep. we had a chance of beating them early in the year. They came out firing. We didn't, we didn't get it done yeah. at Marvel. Yep. Um, now it's our chance to go down there. You know, no matter who's playing, just making sure that we Good. get the job done and, yep. and get the, yeah, basically yep. get the win. Tell us from your perspective, what sort of intensity are you looking forward to, you know? Bring the contest, bring it on. Yeah, the game couldn't come quicker, obviously, yeah. after a really decent, disappointing weekend. Um, you know, we're, we're super keen, so tomorrow's main session, and then before we know it, we'll be out there and just bringing everything. And yeah. we know Geelong's a, pr a proud club. They've been so good for so long, so much depth. So um, you, you name a lot of blokes, but they'll bring in some pretty pretty handy players as well. So we, we know what we're going to get from Geelong. They've, like I said, done it for so long now, and... Um, yeah, I know that the group's just keen to play now and, and, and make amends for what we, we, we didn't get done on the weekend and um, hopefully our fans are cheering us off. Yeah, good, good. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I like that. I like that one. Um, do that one again. That was good. All right. Yeah, beautiful. Um, what I wanted to... <laughs> just to finish off, well done. Um, what I wanted to say, uh, you all headed off to the pub yesterday afternoon. It wasn't for, you know, to get on the, you know, Terps or anything. Um, but one of the things that came out of yesterday, uh, I do want to talk about two things. One of them that came out of it was um, Josh Bruce's announcement of retirement. Um, congratulations to him, 163 games. Um, 
was uh, what was spoken about at the pub, and I'm, I'm not asking because you're going to tell me, um, I'm actually asking because I want you to just give me something that the fans will hear tonight. You spoke about the game that's coming up, you spoke about the week that was, was there any talk like that, or it was just camaraderie coming together as a group? Yeah, I think it was more, more coming together as a group. We actually did it um, after losing to the Saints in round two. Okay. Um, we sort of did our strides at the club, which is still, you know, early day and early in the week we only really do a couple of run-throughs and we don't really train anyway so we did our gym did our run-throughs and then you know basically just got out of the club um head down and get around each other just have some lunch uh, as a group it was more about that just coming together and obviously brucey was able to you know announce his retirement Hmm. um and he said it was quite fitting that he was retiring in a pub because he spent a lot of time in there so (laughs) he enjoyed it and uh yeah we enjoyed it as well it was good brilliant um shame it wasn't today because it was bevo's birthday yeah, um, wish Bevo a happy birthday. I'm sure you all do. Yeah, someone's going, no, I don't. Yeah, of course you do. Um, all I wanted to say to both of you, right, there's been a, a lot of conjecture, there's been a lot of spe- uh, speculation, been a lot of talk. I didn't mean to get you along to embarrass you or, or in any way, shape or form tonight, but I just did want to talk to you and get your insight and get your perspective and you've done that. So please, everyone put your hands together for them. Thank Thanks, you, guys. guys. Um, all the best to both of you. Um, stay fit, stay healthy, stay injury-free. Um, good luck and go doggies. I just want to ask you a couple of questions now about you guys, OK? Um, this is your thoughts. As a footballer, what's the one thing that you want to be remembered as or for? Um, <laughs> maybe courageous. Yeah, good. OK, I like that. Uh, I feel like I want to be known as selfless as a player. In, nice. in the end, I mean, I have played a lot of clubs, but I feel like I have played as a selfless player throughout my career. I'm going to jump in. When Lobby was talking about his year earlier, it's, uh, I was going to do it before, but I didn't. But anyway, he's one of my favourite players to play with week in, week out. He Seriously, I think it's probably ingrained in him from Fremantle being a more defensive team, but very team first player and um, copped it at times this year, as you alluded to, but... Um, sometimes it's not about the goals and I know everyone at the club loves playing with him so that's beautiful uh, to lobby well said nice mate well said that's lovely thank you very much for sharing that is there one memory that has been your favourite football moment uh, yeah getting drafted probably was a pretty cool moment my, um, my whole first year was a bit cooked so because I was in the hub <laughs> So I didn't get to be with my family for many moments, but I got the draft. I got in a couple months before COVID hit. So um, spending time with them after the, the draft and, and enjoying the, the help that they gave me to, to get to that moment. Nice. Well said. Yeah. Uh, what about you? Yeah, I mean, mine, obviously everyone's really their debut, but being able to kick, um, my first disposal was a goal. Um, yeah. I think Cody was the exact same. So yeah, right. being able to be like, you know, in that category where there's only a fair, I don't know how many there is, it'd be like, Probably like 60 or something. But, yeah, yeah being able to do that, um, you know, it was pretty special. That's nice. Well said. All right. Aside from your career, who else's career have you admired from afar, past or present? I love Toby Green. He's, right. Yeah. Great. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, <laughs> he should have thought about that answer. Uh, no, 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 that's good. No, that's very good. That's, that's honest and that's exactly what you need to be. Just don't uh, say that. All right. um, go, yeah. go, Rory. Don't say Toby. Yeah. Um, oh, I mean, you know, someone that 
just retired recently that was at the Giants, uh, Phil Davis. The, oh, yeah. You know, the, the stuff that he's done behind the scenes to get, you know, where he's got in his career. I mean, yeah. he's had a lot of injuries. You know, he's, he would even admit he's not the most, you know, athletic person, but he's mm. always got the most out of himself. Yeah. And, you know, he really shaped my career quite early. Okay. Um, you know, when I got injured in my, in my first year, you know, I was talking about injuries and he, okay. he really just straight away shut it out and yeah. said, mate, there's so much more like okay. to footy than just this. And okay. yeah, I mean, the, he's quite inspiring the way that he's sort of gone about his footy and, you know, been able to get 13 years or whatever it was yeah. out of his body or 15, uh, 13, uh, th- 13, 13, I think it was. 13, yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. he's really inspired me throughout my career. That's yeah, for brilliant. Sure. Well said, mate. Um, you have an open training session. Every man, woman and child are calling your name for selfies and autograph after the highs like this. What keeps you grounded? The redevelopment. No one can come. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. Now, next year, next year we'll get you back. Um, No, it's um, pretty cool. As a kid, that's kind of part of the the whole AFL-like dream. Yeah. Um, And, yeah, we're super fortunate to have fans, but it's not lost upon us where... Pretty standard blokes. We uh, yeah. we uh, spend our days doing similar things to everyone. So Absolutely. Um, it's yeah. I think there's a bit of gratitude and a bit of um, just general awareness to yeah. not get ahead of yourself. And I'm sure plenty of people have have done fallen into the trap. But mm. I think hopefully we're we're doing all right. Yeah, yeah. good. Yeah, I'll cut your answer yeah. perfectly. Yeah. 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 Nice. Okay. Yeah. Well done. I like that. Yeah. Beautiful. After a game, what's worse, picking up a dropped iPhone on the boundary line, or when you see a sign in the crowd of someone asking for your boots? <laughs> uh, Seriously, what's all that about? Yeah. I mean, I think you know the TikTok age. Um, you know, we all sort of caught yeah. wind of the the boots thing, yeah. and also the pick up the phone on the boundary. <laughs> so I mean, Cody and I haven't really picked up any. I sort of step over him now. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I mean the boots thing. Um, you know, since COVID, you know, the stocks of boots is actually quite hard for us, even though we do we are sponsored. But um, it's pretty funny because they think that we just get heaps of boots. And um, my answer is, I actually need these like throughout the year. So yeah, been out, especially with my size. Like size 15s are very hard to come by. So. Yeah. Yeah, I Absolutely. mean, yeah, every time they ask me, I'm like, no, I, I actually need these to play with. Yeah. I, I just, seriously, I look at it as insolence. I go, I can't believe you had the goal to ask that. But what, what for you, Pick what's worse, picking up an iPhone or someone asking you for the boots? Is there, a, an, if you had to have an option? Yeah, I don't have a favourite. I don't, yeah. don't love either of them. They're nah, actually quite nah. annoying. Yeah, good. I like that. I like that answer. Let's just go with that. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for the two boys.